Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. Today I come to you with another great interview. Through my life course certification, I've had a pleasure of meeting some amazing individuals. Today I'm going to be interviewing Coach Janet Nambi from Uganda, who is also an LCS certified coach. She is the CEO and founder of Unconscious Brilliance. She is a work-life integration coach who helps overwhelmed high-achieving women to avoid burnout and create success on their own terms, both at work and at home. In her coaching practice, she provides emphasis on emotional intelligence and mindfulness. She is also certified as a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner and mental and emotional release practitioner. She was also the speaker at TEDx Kiwanda 2021. Please listen in to this interview for high-quality thoughts that you can borrow for yourself and observe the transformation that Janet has achieved in her own life. As usual, I will be posting her resources in the show notes of the podcast. Assalamu alaikum. I have life coach Janet Nambi here with me. Thank you so much for joining. So excited because I've actually never interviewed anybody from Uganda before. Tell me what that's like. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. It's, um, it's beautiful. Uganda is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. I used to, um, I lived in the States before and um, came back home been about 10 years I think since I returned and um, so I'm living here with my family and it's different much different I must say but home is home regardless how long afterwards uh, did you go back home that you noticed the difference how long after because I how long did you stay in the United States Oh, I was in the United States for about 12 years. I came to, I moved to the U.S. to go to college. I went to Howard University, um, did my grad school at University of Maryland, University College. And then I stayed there for a while, uh, worked, and it was about 12 years, I believe, I stayed in the States. Worked there, had some babies, and um, when my husband moved back to Uganda, I had to relocate as well. So, so yeah. tell me a little bit about yourself, like in your own words, I've given the listeners an introduction, uh, mashallah, so okay. much you do for everyone, um, but just in your own words, what you do, what brought you to this line of work? I am a work-life integration coach, and um, I do work with high-achieving women who are overwhelmed with work and home, and I try to help them be able to create success on their own terms. Now, I was, prior to coaching, I, I owned a recruiting agency with two other uh, partners, and 10 years later, which was in 2016, I actually left. And it almost seemed abrupt as though I left abruptly, but it's a decision that took me about a year because this is the business that we started when I moved back to Uganda. It's a business that was started from scratch, the three of us. And 10 years later, I was like, you know, lady and gentleman, I have to go. And at that time, I had no idea what was going on with me, but I actually was on the brink of burnout. I was almost suffering burnout. So I was so detached. I was disengaged. I was just... 
absolutely not interested in something that when we started, it was my passion. So when I lost the desire, I, you know, I, I sought all kinds of help internally though. And, um, I actually resorted to spiritual seeking spiritual help. Oh my goodness dog in the background sorry about that but yes so I sought spiritual help and in fact the only person I spoke to was my imam I asked him to um, advise you know this is a business this is my baby I love it but I loved it I have no passion right now what do I do and he said just make sure the matters in your home are settled before you leave and uh, I had a discussion with my husband. He was okay with it. And I left. And after I left, I was almost crucified. So it's one of the reasons that got me into coaching. After I left, I was a little bit idle and disorderly. So I decided to join um, an Islamic school for women uh, where I went to school two hours a day for three years. And again, at that time, I had no idea what I was doing, but I realized I was in, on a path of self-discovery. I wanted to reignite my passion. I wanted to understand what's my purpose. What do I want to do going forward? That's going to give me that fulfillment that I was looking for. A year into the program, I was being asked to do motivational talks for the students in the junior school, which were about 16 to 25 year olds. I was doing a lot of motivational talks there. And then I got into things like values and getting them to understand uh, what they wanted to do after the, their Islamic studies, because they're in boarding school for three years. And a lot of girls raised to believe that once I'm done with this, I'm going to probably, I can get married. Mm-hmm. So we're empowering them to be able to get um, to, to get out and work instead of just thinking about marriage. And that experience in itself led me to believe that, wait a minute, I had, I, I'm, here I am struggling to figure out what I want to do. There must be a lot of women out there who are breaking their backs, working, doing jobs they're not enjoying. They have homes to take care of. They're overwhelmed and they need help. And that right there got me into coaching. So for those of you who don't know, um, me and coach Janet actually graduated for or certified from the same school of thought, which is the life coach school when it comes to our coaching philosophy. So we have a lot in common. You know, when it comes to life coaching and you practicing and calling yourself a life coach, I was just reading an article how everybody and their neighbors calling themselves a life coach these days and how can we separate, let's say, literally a con artist calling themselves a life coach versus somebody who can actually provide services. What um, advice do you think you have for my listeners who are trying to take that leap of faith and trying to really preserve their capital, their time by not spending their resources in the wrong place? Now, that's a very interesting question. I'm glad you asked that because I've been down that path in trying to discover myself. When I got into coaching, when I found out what coaching was all about, I found it through a friend, a friend recommended. I talked to a friend. I was like, look, I need, I want to help women be able to create success. I've been able to do it, uh, but I want to do it differently. I've been able to create success for myself, but I wanted to do it differently. And in the process, help other women who feel that they are not able to. She referred me to her coach who at that time was starting a business coaching program. So I joined on scholarship. I was paying $100 a month for six months. By the time I was done, I did not feel equipped enough to be able to help someone. So guess where I went? I went to Udemy. 
And I did a course for $7. From there, I did another course for $30. And all of these courses were certifying me as a life coach. Ah, oh, that's going to do it then. <laughs> exactly. So I know exactly what you're talking about. But, but then I felt that, wait a minute, I don't think I'm going to be able to get my clients the results they need with these certificate programs that were one-way uh, programs where you're just reading and you're not doing it. You're not putting anything in practice. No one is giving you any feedback. They are very limited. So there are very many coaches out there who are calling them certified because they are getting certified at $30 or $50 or whatever it is. And when I found the life coach school, I did a lot of research. I wanted to up-level my game. I wanted to separate myself from uh, the people who are um, doing it you know, as a by the way, I guess. And when I found the life coach school, I was like, yes, this is exactly what I was, what I'm looking for. Um, it helped that I was going through a lot of emotional turmoil myself. So the life coach school just spoke to what I was looking for. So the advice I would take, I would ask people who are looking for coaches, find out, talk to the person about their certifications, talk to them about what it is they value more, what what transformations have they hoped to with their clients? Because they're only going to be able to transform somebody to the best of their ability, which ability is a, a lot of it is not just dependent on what on um, experience. Some people are calling them life coaches because of life experience, but that transformation that a person needs, talk to them about the transformation. You will then be able to decide whether this person will be able to give you the transformation that you're looking for or not. But yes, we have the same problem here. There's so many who are calling themselves life coaches. And hey, who's to say they're not certified? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're not certified. But like you say, the yeah. best distinction is that somebody could help you get to your results. And if you can sense that on your own, then there's no better measuring stick. Like if that's something Absolutely. that you can quantify to yourself that, okay, this is something that I was looking for. I've seen the change. Mm-hmm. This is valid. That should be all the uh, validation that you actually need. So it's interesting to notice that you also said that you were going through your own emotional turmoil, because I speak about this a lot in my podcast too, because my own struggles brought brought me to this work. And I think Mm. it's fascinating to notice. I think that's um, by design that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave these tests in our lives, just so at some level we can go and outperform ourselves after we come out of these tests and trials Mm. and come out stronger and find our calling when it comes to at least calling ourselves coaches versus let's yes. say in your case your clients are coming to you because of burnout and they are unable to find the work-life balance and you help them integrate mm-hmm. that I wanted to ask you how important do you think it is that us as women of minority women of color how well versed are we in these coaching concepts in the culture of coaching, do you think we're behind? Do you think we've made some progress? Like, what are your thoughts about that in general? What I'm saying is people have a desire for some transformation. In fact, the women that come to me after they've understood what I do, they will be, they, they often come to me with, I am bored with my job. I want to do something else or I don't feel passion because they've heard me speak of speak about my own um, lack of passion in my previous business. They'll talk to me about I'm lacking passion in what I'm doing. And when I work with them, what I usually find is that they actually get into jobs because they have to, not because they want to. 
especially in the African culture now, in here in Uganda um, or in a lot of the African culture, our parents do not raise us with, you know, uh, the guidance, especially when it comes to careers. Mm-hmm. Being Black and Muslim, you know, it makes this story even worse, <laughs> for lack of a better word, because success for a Muslim girl is measured by their ability to get married and have a family. So a lot of women think that's the ultimate success. When I finished uh, college, when I graduated, I went to Howard University. And when I graduated, my father said to me, okay, now that you're graduated, it's about time, you know, you got married. Mm -hmm. And I really wasn't raised in a very Islamic uh, society where that would help me find a groom, but it was left up to me. But it was a song that I heard every day. When are you getting married? When are you getting married? When are you getting married? So that's really what holds us back. And yet women have the desire, they really have the desire to find their purpose, be somebody, do something uh, purposeful with their own lives. But unfortunately, the guidance is very little in our societies. The guidance is very little in our cultures. So that's what I'm finding. And um, But I think COVID has helped a little. Um, we've spoken a lot about mental health and with speaking on about mental health, people are recognizing that if I don't need a psychiatrist, if I don't need a therapist, I can go to a coach. I can get the results I'm looking for from a coach. So that has helped a little wake people up you know, you can create the success that you want and you can do it in a way that's going to be fulfilling for yourself and the people around you without ruining relationships. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, those are great insights. And I don't think it's limited to Uganda. I think everyone, all uh, Muslim women, I believe are facing that challenge at one level or another. It does take a certain, like you say, guidance from the family, from the parents, especially of a Muslim Mm -hmm. girl, to help her understand that getting married, bearing children is not the sole purpose of life. It could be a very big purpose of your life. And for a lot of people, it is a sole purpose of your life. But as long as you're choosing it intentionally, not because it's being told to you. And there's a huge difference when you come to your value because you want it or you come to your value because it was told to you. Because like you said in the beginning, then the women that come to you with burnout, they're working because not because they want to, because they have to. That same mental shift makes a huge difference. One more thing that you said that was very interesting is with the pandemic, people are trying to reach out more for coaches versus therapy. What do you think the difference is and what do you think the limitations are or benefits between the two? I think the reason people reached out, well, from experience, the little that I've seen here and or worldwide actually is having been caught up in our houses with our families, uh, with husbands who we're always out. Now they're always in and you're trying to, you're all are trying to figure out what to do with yourselves because you're together 24 seven. People were getting a little bit more frustrated mm-hmm. with themselves. Uh, their daily lives had totally changed. And what I realized was people now, you know, they're running online to look for some kind of buffering to get away from home. And they're discovering that, wait a minute, I can actually be at peace with the situation that I'm in. Or I can change my situation and find peace. I can find fulfillment. So, you know, the more inquisitive they got, the more they realized that 
okay, therapists are talking about this. I, there was a lot of talk on people's well-being because of the change dynamics in, in, in our lives. And, but a lot of people still, the stigma of going to a therapist was still lingering. Hmm. And a lot of people didn't think that they needed a therapist. And here we were coaches as well, making our noise that, hey, we can help you, especially mm -hmm. now is the right time if you've been looking for that um, to find your purpose. If you've been trying to find meaning in your life, now is the right time. Everybody's just online and trying to figure out what to do next with their lives. So that helped us a lot. However, what I've, you know, the therapists and counselors and psychiatrists, they're dealing, they're talking to people about problems or challenges they've had in their past mm -hmm. and helping them be able to uh, not get worked up or not get emotionally challenged when they're thinking about or talking about whatever challenges they've had in their past, whether it's traumas or varying degrees. And yet for us coaches, we start where they stopped. Yes, sometimes we'll get a little bit into your uh, background, but we can only do so much. So we're, we future pace. You, once you're done with your therapist, you can always come to a coach. Hey, this is now where I want to go. And that's our specialty. And of course, there are coaches. I mean, there are counselors and therapists out there. We're getting into coaching now who can do both. But really, that's our expertise. And um, it created, I believe, for people seeking mental health, the peace and tranquility during the pandemic, they figured if I can find this, then what's next? So we were the what next? What's next? Then we were ready. And I, I believe that has helped open up the coaching industry to those who otherwise were not aware that it was even available. Yeah, that was a great clarification because there are very distinct differences between coaching and therapy. One of you yeah. said it's past versus future focus. One of you said that. Mm -hmm. Once you're done with therapy, you can join coaching. I also tell my listeners that they can happen hand in hand together at the same time. Like you yes. could be working with a therapist and working with a coach. And um, there is a very important place of therapy and counseling and all of the different types of modalities. And I also want us to just clarify that coaches yes. do not disagree with any of those sciences. So if anything, promote that. There's a time and a place for that. And in all of those modalities. One thing you said that kind of caught my attention is that it sort of helped with the pandemic that there was a stigma against therapy. So people were like, okay, I do want mental health. I am burning out. Where do I go? I don't want my friends and family to find out I'm seeing a therapist. Like they are going to just automatically assume that I must be mentally ill if that's the case. Even though that in itself is a huge misunderstanding. Like that's not true at all. Just because you're seeing a therapist doesn't mean that you were um, necessarily have uh, mental illness a lot of times a lot of times you do a lot of times it just needs to be diagnosed but like I always say that pathology is not the norm that's not why we look for help if you are not mentally ill does not mean you're mentally healthy you have to sometimes in in my opinion hire a coach all like in all cases hire a coach to achieve your mental fitness, which is completely different than mental illness versus mental health. So that kind of helped us in a way. And I loved it how you put it that we were ready. The coaches are here, come in, you know, come and get it. One other term that you used was buffering, which you said in the beginning, where people when they were stuck together in the home, because they just can't leave the house, then they're online and they're buffering. What did you mean by that? Okay. Sometimes we channel our attention and efforts 
let actually attention to uh, things that we believe are good for us because a feeling has driven us to that. And yet, you know, and, the, and these things might be maybe overeating, maybe over drinking, maybe over Netflixing, over social mediaing, if that's even a word, over, over working, over gymming. And the reason we really do that is because we are avoiding something. We are avoiding a feeling. As humans, we tend to think, for example, that boredom is a problem. And yet boredom is not, you know, it, 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 if you really think about it, why is it a problem? When you really ask, why is it a problem? <laughs> what is it going to do to you, right? It's not going to affect you mentally or physically or anything like that. But as humans, we believe we have to be occupied all the time. And as humans, we believe that, you know, we are raised to believe that negative feelings are bad. Many of us are not taught how to deal with our own negative feelings. You know, when you're a child and you're crying, it's, oh, I'm so sorry. Here's a sweet. Mm-hmm. They give you something to, you know, help you calm down. Or uh, when, you know, a parent will tell you that, oh, don't worry, everything will be okay. And what they are saying is, you know, you're feeling bad, everything will be okay. They are promising this, everything will be okay as if you're not supposed to feel whatever you're feeling at that moment. Mm -hmm. So then we grow up thinking that I shouldn't be feeling bad at any given moment and trying to help ourselves not feel bad because we are deluded with looking for happiness all the time. We decide that, look, I have worked so hard. I deserve a treat. So I'm going to go and binge on ice cream or pizza or chocolate. Mm-hmm. I am so tired. I have, I've had a sugar, uh, you know, I have a sweet tooth myself. So I have used chocolate as a buffer. Mm-hmm. Anytime I am anxious, I ran to chocolate. I need a sugar rush. I, I tell myself I need a sugar rush. I'm already anxious. <laughs> As, anyways, that is as it is. So buffers are the things that we use to cover up feelings. We mm-hmm. don't want to deal with a, a particular feeling. For someone who's hearing this word for the first time, think about boredom. When you're bored, what do you do? What do you resort to when you're bored? And then ask yourself, why don't I allow myself to be bored? You know, mm-hmm. so boredom is a feeling that we try to, we always try to get rid of. That's one feeling that almost every, every human tries to get rid of. And whatever you resort to, to cover up for that boredom or to not deal with the boredom that you might be buffering. Mm-hmm. You might be running to uh, your phone because you don't want to be bored or to the TV screen because you don't want to be bored. So that's what we do. We run to, you know, we, we hide away from feeling something by covering it up with something else. Thank you for providing such a simple explanation. It's um, fascinating how much we run from emotions that we've never been taught to deal with. And like you say, it starts with childhood, but one very high quality thought that I'm going to borrow from myself that you said is boredom is not a problem. And that's so profound if you think about it, because we're always trying to escape, we're always trying to stimulate, we're always trying to figure out what's wrong if we don't have something to do. And all we have to remind ourselves is boredom is not a problem. And I'm comfortable with exactly how I am now. And that could be ease, rest, laziness, whatever. And uh, at least we're not going to be compelled to reach out for behaviors that might hurt us afterwards like you say if you have a sweet tooth or if you're over netflixing or if you're overworking because all of those behaviors when it comes to the buffering part come with a negative consequence at the end so Mm -hmm. thank you very much for that great explanation so if 
I am a burned out Muslim woman and I'm looking for life, work-life balance. Where can we find you? Well, you can find me on um, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I also have a website. My company is called Unconscious Brilliance. So unconsciousbrilliance.com, Unconscious Brilliance on LinkedIn, as well as Facebook, except I'm Janet Nambi on LinkedIn. Okay. That's where I am. Yes. So if somebody, do you have a mailing list? Do you have like uh, yes. any resources? Mm-hmm. Yes. You you know, I have uh, I have a blog on my website and I do have a mailing list and I do provide a lot of content in that mailing list. I also provide a lot of content on my Facebook page, which is linked with Instagram. So yes, if anybody is interested in, you know, signing up just to get some free, you know, free content, free tips on how they can be able to create success both work and at home without compromising who they are. I have a lot out there that's very valuable. Awesome. Thank you so very much. It was great speaking to you all the way in a different continent, really. It's a new experience for myself, (laughs) but we're all comfortable in our own living rooms. So absolutely, that's a a great positive part of the pandemic. We're going to come out stronger, at least in this regard. We're going to be able to make social connections over Zoom. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Inshallah, we'll talk soon, okay? Thank you so much. Really appreciate this. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes And inshallah, I will see you there.